sunshines! Welcome to What You Readin', a bookish podcast where every other week I share what I've been reading, interview authors and guests, and further my never-ending quest to discover more queer-owned voices in the media. I'm Mallory, also known as Mallory of Sunshine around the interwebs, and today I sat down with my old internet pal and CEO of Throwboy Pillows, Roberto Hoyos. We talk about Throwboy, his Kickstarter success, business books, business podcasts, have a moment or two of Apple fandom chatter, naturally, and he shares all about what's next on the horizon for him. good to talk to you you're on my podcast oh my gosh i'm so excited mallory it's been so long since i've spoken to you or even seen you i don't know when the last time it was but thank you for having me on the show yeah it's so great to have you yeah i know right before the show we were talking and i really do think it might have been vlogger fair which was probably at least (laughs) 2015 2016 maybe yeah i think we're in there so I think and we live in the same city. Yeah, I know, right? And I think I saw you from very far away at one of the Emerald Cities, but you looked really busy, (laughs) so I didn't say hello. (laughs) Probably true. Yep, yep, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, Well, I am so excited to have you here because not only are you kind of a you know an old school pal of mine, as one might say, Mm -hmm. um, but you're also just like a super savvy business dude who is taking over the world with your own little empire over there. You've built Throwboy and beyond. Um, So before I talk about you, do you want to just briefly talk about you or maybe like where people might know you from? Sure. Yeah. Um, so my name is Roberto Hoyos, um, and I all I own a company called Throwboy, um, and we make the world's softest designer throw pillows. That's kind of like our hook. Um, I they started... are so soft. <laughs> you have some, right? You have like I do. Yeah, many, many versions of them. Yes. Right, yeah. So we've been around since uh, I started the company in two thousand seven um, with this idea to make. Uh, a designer throw pillow company kind of based on things people love so we do lots of ones that are based on tech um for people like you know apple nerds uh like me and mallory um and uh what else um just lots of stuff like we do ones for youtubers um yeah we do some like fruits like we do avocados we do just kind of like stuff that's trendy um, and this is com- this is a company that I um, built over the years to have like a really o- strong online following. Um, and you do. It's one of yeah, my- good community around it. Thank you. Yeah, it's been one of my passions for the last uh, eleven years is building brands and also building communities. And then I also uh, do courses where I teach people how to do things like run successful Kickstarters. And um, I do consulting for people that are, you know, creative, creative business owners, creative entrepreneurs that have a product. I'm usually product focused. So if somebody's like, I have this really cool product, and I don't really know how to get it off the ground. I'm like, let's link up and I can help you. So that's kind of been my background for the for the last decade or so. And um, yeah, I'm a product guy. I like making stuff. And I like making stuff from the heart and not just selling other people's junk. <laughs> so that's kind of like where I'm, what I am in a nutshell. Yeah, no, I love that. And um, 
you're definitely one of the most like humble people I've ever met. Every time I've been around you or we've had conversations, I feel like there's just humility and like calm that you exude. And so hearing, you know, I mean, it, what you're saying, I'm just backing it up is all I'm saying because it, it's so true. Um, and watching you grow Thrillboy from – you know, making them in your apartments, having learned because you learned to sew, your grandma taught you how to sew, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, like you sewed them all by hand at the beginning. And then when you made the Steve Jobs pillow or, you know, stuffy mm -hmm. and that made its way to Apple. Um, ironically, we worked at Apple like barely kind of overlap at the same time, I think, didn't we? And like, I think so. Because I started in 2008. Oh, okay. I, I quit um, in 2008. So had you just left? So it might have yeah, been like right say. around that time. Yeah. But different yeah, stores, I think, right? Different stores. Yeah. Yep. But so random. All and these like cool people I mean, you find out later that worked at Apple stores. <laughs> You're like, oh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that those were the golden years, I would say oh, for yeah. sure. Those early for sure, of, like that early still Steve Jobs era. Those were good times. <laughs> yes, yes, those were the times. Uh, we definitely, I'm sure you have too. But I, I talk to people now, and I'm like, yeah, it was the College of Apple. I mean, I was going to college at the time, but I learned so much about so oh, yeah. much Me just too. being at Apple and being around people and the customer service angle and the technology and yeah, it was just. It was a really cool time. I mean, we are definitely fan fans still, mm -hmm. which is really cool to say. I think sometimes people leave companies and they're just raging, but <laughs> I'm, not, I do, I'm not a rager. I, I feel really fondly about Apple. <laughs> yeah, it would be funny if I didn't. And I was like, actually, I don't really care for it anymore. And like a lot of my products right? are Apple. <laughs> You're just like built on yeah. this. The only reason yeah. that I have so many of those is because I am that nerdy. Uh, and it just, I'm like, I would love that. And then I make it and people like it too <laughs> so i'm like right, which is what they say you should do yeah yeah absolutely scratch your own itch yeah i'm all about just making stuff that like is try to dream beyond what's out there you know because i don't yeah who cares if you make something that already is like you're just making it because you see an in in the market and you just want to sell something you know, I don't care about that at all. That's so I, yeah. just, I, I don't really um, gravitate towards entrepreneurs that do that because there are so many other entrepreneurs that want to be clever and want to create cool stuff. So I'm like, and that kind of comes from the Apple thing, right? Like Apple's trying to push, yeah. you know, what's beyond or beyond what's out there. And um, so, yeah, I'm always kind of talking about that. <laughs> don't get, don't get me going. Totally. No, I, no, I love it. And that, um, that genuine, Ness. Maybe there's an actual way to say that that's not just adding a nest to the end, but that <laughs> genuineness really does come through also. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. So you've had a lot of, I mean, you have a lot of layers to you as a business person, as an entrepreneur, as a creator of many forms. Um, I know that you have, you've had four super, super hyper successful Kickstarter campaigns. I didn't know the side of you that did business coaching. Um, so tell me a little bit about how maybe you you grew from the Throwboy, from Throwboy the Business to mm -hmm. then Kickstarter as a next step. Yeah, sure. Um, so I did my, kick, my first Kickstarter um, back in like 2013. I was um, doing Throwboy 100% of my time. Uh, I was still, like you said, I was sewing everything. Um, I was making all the pillows myself and kind of doing all that really indie. And um, 
one of our friends, Jesus, was like, hey, have you heard of this thing called Oh, I forgot we both know Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so random. He's yep. the one that was... <laughs> also worked at Apple. He did, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, In your store, right? Uh, he did, yeah. That's why we knew each other. Yeah. It was a very, actually, okay. tiny window there, but... Uh, <laughs> We still we still uh, kept in touch, and he told me, you know, there's this new thing, Kickstarter. You should you should check it out. I think this would be like another way you can kind of like take your business to a different level. And um, yeah, in the beginning, I was just like, yeah, but who's gonna like back what? Like, who's gonna pledge for what I'm doing? And I didn't really think too much about how I had built this community for like I don't even know five years by that point or so. Um, yeah. and so I didn't kind of think that much about it, but then I did it. And, um, I did, I guess I did a good job for my first Kickstarter. I mean, looking back on it, um, I know what I would do differently, but I raised over $20,000 on that Kickstarter and that changed my whole life because I was able to go from, uh, sewing everything to having everything made in a factory, having everything shipped, uh, from a shipping facility and just freed up my whole life to be uh, more of a, a business owner and a boss than I was like kind of a worker and um, doing everything myself. Yeah. yeah. And so in a maker. Yeah. So, uh, and that was always like really one of my goals, but I just didn't know how to find that because um, you know, I, I only really knew entrepreneurs that were in the tech scene that, you know, would get funded from big venture capitalists. And I was like, I don't think my thing fits in that. So I don't really know sure. where the avenue is to grow this kind of a business. But um, so that was a big turning point for me. And then after that, I became very, very, um, I, I, I championed doing Kickstarters, um, even though some people for a little while, it was like, oh, is this like online begging or like, what is this? You know? Right. Uh, but it's yeah. definitely changed over the years and now people understand it way, way more. And then, yeah, I did another follow-up Kickstarter, um, which was also su- successful. And then, uh, just about two years ago, I did one for, uh, this line of pillows called the iconic pillow collection, uh, for Throwboy, And we raised yeah. just shy of $80,000, um, which oh was gosh. a $10,000 goal. Um, and that, okay, I was gonna say it was like eight hundred percent. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was really, really a big changing. Uh, another turning point because I had basically done a ton of research and created some methods of how to uh, what I call hack Kickstarter. So I, yeah, I, I basically did a lot of learning and figured out how to really. Uh, precisely know that you would get a certain amount of funding in a certain amount of time. And one thing I tell people is like, when you're doing a Kickstarter, um, your goal isn't 30 days. Your goal is actually 48 hours. That's when you should really actually be funded in that time period. Cause that's when you have that uh, attention span of the internet. And that's when you're going to be able to get the most people in on what you're doing and I'm taking notes over here. It sounds like I will be signing up for all your courses. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get really into the Kickstarter stuff just because I feel like, especially creative people, like I said, I was in that boat where I was like, well, I have this really cool thing and I have this fan base, but like, yeah, so what? What do I do with it? And this is like, yeah, this presents a way to actually make your thing in, on a wider scale. So after that was over and the dust settled and I created that product and gained a lot of new um a lot of new followers and whatnot. 
um, and it was featured on Kickstarter in like five categories, and it just did wow. really well. I was like, I wish I should write a book or something about how to do this. You know, I should try to help more people. Yeah. And then uh, I kind of kicked around the book idea for a while, and then I um, met someone that does courses, like online courses, and I was like, that's what I should do because that's more me to just be on camera and like let me teach you how to do it, like let me get down, let's get like nitty gritty on it, and like a course is flexible, you can add more to it later, you can re-edit it if you want to to update it. And a book, like yeah. if you read a book that's a technical book from like even five years ago, it's insanely outdated, you know? It'll be like, so make a Tumblr and all this stuff, you know? So <laughs> Tumblr is dead. Vine is gone. Yeah. What are you talking about? Get on Vine yeah. ASAP. This book was published in 2011. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I got really into um, doing that, um, you know, being a, big, um, being a big advocate of doing Kickstarters. I did a Kickstarter just that just wrapped a month ago. That was um, yeah, the pocket pillows. Yeah, the pocket pillows. Yeah, we made these throw little boy. small uh, throw boy pillows that are um, half plush and half pellets. So they're like this weighted kind of like bean bag, beanie baby type of a thing. Um, yeah, they're really cool. So I need to cute. send you one <laughs> when we have them made. Um, oh my gosh! And like it's such a cool little desk toy. But that was that yeah, went super so well. And uh, yeah, so I guess after all that happened, I, I decided to start helping other entrepreneurs more, uh, more seriously. And now um, I, have a, I have a course called Hacking Kickstarter. Um, and one of my students actually just launched their Kickstarter and it got funded, oh, cool. it got funded in five hours. I was, I was so happy for them. Yeah. Fully yes. funded in five hours and now it's still going and it's over 20K. So they are that crushing is incredible. it. Incredible. Yeah, they are totally. That is incredible. It. You would love it too. Just, it's, I, it's um, it's a little um, vinyl desk toy that has arms and legs and a face, but it looks like an iPod. Okay, I'm gonna have to go look it yeah. up for sure. <laughs> it's called iBoy. <laughs> iBoy. Yeah. Okay, I'm writing it down right now. Yeah, it's super. That's cool. That's so cute. Yeah. I love that. Um, I love that passion you have for helping entrepreneurs level their business up, level themselves up almost like, cause the, what you were talking about, right? Like you had this community, you had this traction that you had started to build and then just finding the outlet and the avenue and the way to activate that community was the piece that you found Kickstarter like helped you with is what it sounds like. Um, and I think you're right. I think a lot of entrepreneurs and I actually encounter this a lot with authors too. Um, I've talked about it many times so far already on the podcast. Just like, I think a lot of people don't realize um, how few people there are behind the screen sometimes when mm -hmm. they're looking at a small a company or an author. Like a lot of these New York Times bestselling authors, they're still living at their mom's or like still working a day job. Like mm -hmm. It's just them. There's a lot of people out there that want to do it and they're so close and they just need somebody like whispering in their ear saying, you can do it. Mm -hmm. And here's a couple, here's a couple like nuggets to get you started. Like, uh, yeah. And, and then I, I, I love being it. able to help that, you know, bring that out of people because it's just like, I often say when I do any sort of like coaching, I'm just like, 
you have everything you need. Like I, I just keep saying that because I look at, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to show you from an outsider's perspective. Like you literally have everything you need. You know, you just need to kind of like put some action in place half the time or just right. start. You know, sometimes that's the biggest thing is people yes. don't start. They just put things yes. off. Yeah. And I, I just like being that um, motivational voice for people and also um, relating to people on on a level of like, no, I didn't just like inherit a business. I started it from full scratch and I started something that wasn't like an industry already, <laughs> you know, like I didn't just, yeah, no, I- I'm going to start a t-shirt company or whatever. So like, I, if you have a crazy dream, I'm going to probably be the one that's going to believe it the most because I, I was there too. So yeah, um, you're like, I did that. Yeah. If I can do it. <laughs> you can yeah. totally do it. Yeah, exactly. That is so great. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, this podcast is kind of bookish related. So I wanted to have you on because we were chatting a little bit when I frantically, I don't even know how I reached out to you on Instagram, why we were talking something. And then I was just like, oh my God, I got to ask you to be on my podcast. And you said, yes, <laughs> foolish, foolish. Here we yeah. are. <laughs> uh, no, but thank you. Um, yes. Um, so, but you, you mentioned in that conversation that you read a lot of business books. Mm -hmm. And I will admit that I have, I actually went back to my Goodreads to go look and see if I had like missed some, I think I've read like two, maybe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I listen to a lot of business podcasts and entrepreneurship podcasts, but um, I definitely want to hear about your like top books that you would recommend to people who are maybe interested in the entrepreneurial sphere, mm-hmm. just getting started, need some inspiration. I have two I wrote down, one I'm obsessed with and one that I didn't love, but I think is good if you're like at the very, very beginning. Okay. So yeah, what yeah, what kind of books, books would you recommend? Well, like you said, I do, I do kind of gravitate towards, I guess, self-help type of business books I like to kind of know um from founders point of view like how they got to where they were um I used to read a lot of biographies of successful people that was Mm -hmm. kind of my jam Mm -hmm. for a long time um but uh I have a couple that I just selected to to sort of highlight if anyone wants to write these down um so I'll put them in the show notes oh cool yeah I I really like this book that I read, I think this is one of the first business books I might have read, uh, called How to Win Friends and Influence People by uh, Dave yes. Carnegie. This is everyone a talks very, about it. Yeah, I have do never people read t- it. have people told you to read it? <laughs> oh, every single person ever. Yeah, and I like <laughs> should do that eventually. As a book person, sitting here saying I haven't read it is shameful. <laughs> but, it's, um, but there you go. <laughs> It's a good read. Tell me why. Yeah. Your perspective. It's very, um, so one thing to preface, it's, it's written in like the early old, 1900s. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, Definitely, it's an yeah. old one. Um, so you kind of have to like mentally prepare yourself for that or also. <laughs> Maybe not an audiobook. Uh, yeah. Cause I mean, I, I've, li- I listened on audiobook, but I like, I mean, I guess I just like old things. So I, I'm like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Cause it's just not, it's not about computers and not about any sort of technological things, but you can update it for today so if, if they're talking sure. about writing a letter or something you're like okay writing an email yeah. or whatever um but basically it just sort of teaches you how to one it teaches you quite a few things but one of the things it teaches is sort of like um that people how people tick and how people's like most um important thing is themselves 
So you're kind of sure. learning how to tailor how you talk and what you say so that it makes it so the people like it's highlighting what they are, you know? So like if you were going to a, yeah. a dinner party or something and you want to get people to like you, you would start asking them questions about themselves and keep asking questions about what they do. And, and, and you're doing it genuinely, but you're also realizing that that's one thing a lot of people don't do because a lot of people are just like, oh, when can I get in and talk about me? You know, because <laughs> like, that's what yes. people want to do. So, you know, you end up leaving the party and they're going to be like, that guy was so cool. And it's just because they got to talk about themselves all night, you know? So <laughs> sure. things like yeah. that, they teach you, they teach you really good ways of how to um, also do that in like, an, like, let's say in an email in a written form. It will be like, here's an example of how you could write somebody, let's say you're trying to write uh, a reporter to cover you or something like that, cover your new project. And they show like the right and the wrong way. And they show like, here's like, here's the wrong way. And it's like, I think I would be good for this. Like, and it's all about your, your all about everything you are. And then they're like, and sure, here's yeah. the other way where it's like talking about, I think, um, this would bring value to what you're doing. You know, I followed your work and I think that your thing would, it's all about on them. I learned those techniques like many years ago. So I tend to always sway what I do to fit people versus uh, let me just make sure everyone knows I'm awesome and I want to talk about myself as much as possible, you know? Because yeah. that just doesn't really click with people. And that's why it goes with, how, that's why it's called How to Win friends and influence people. Mm -hmm. I, I really like that book. I used to talk about it a lot. That's when I know I like something. It was like, I can't shut up about this book and I'll just yeah. keep telling yeah. people. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where it, that's kind of what it does. It, it tells you sort of, um, you know, just how to put yourself in somebody else's place and actually highlight what they are as much as you can. And just, yeah, it teaches you how to be sort of more effective with what you're doing and not just, um, I don't know, if you're not thinking about other people, then you're not really going to resonate with other people, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, and I I think that's so interesting because, I mean, people are fascinating to me. I think this is something that we both have in common. Like we just like talking to people and people's stories are interesting. You were creative too, weren't you? Yeah, I was. We yeah, were, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I feel like there's a special type of person that is a creative or a teacher in an Apple store. Mm -hmm. um, and you are one of those people, but we're all just so different. There's this tapestry of humanity that, thank goodness, we're not all the same. But sometimes you just need to read it in a book before it like really sticks with you. And maybe that's going to happen for someone where they'll read it and it really resonates. Or maybe someone will read it and they go, oh, well, I do this already. I didn't really know that there was a technique to it. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, I think that's what's great about books is it, it just helps you see things from different perspectives. So yeah, yeah. That's I'm totally... going to have to read this eventually, aren't I? Because that is just a staple <sighs> of the business like world. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't read all of the different ones that people tell you to read, like the, because there's like about There's 10. a lot now, yeah. aren't there? I, well, there's probably more, but there's like some old, old ones that people say to read but yeah this one stuck with me um I remember like I gave it to people before like it, it really it really stuck with me when I was first starting yeah. out um, it really resonated. yeah so yeah I agree I think that both of us kind of have that in common I think that you would like it you could you could listen to it if you like listening yes. to a, a podcast about business 
but um, yes, it, it is a very old timey. <laughs> I think it's like a really old. I love that though. I do too. I yeah, mean, yeah. I just like yeah. letting people know, you know, like okay, this is what you're in for. Um, <laughs> sure, sure. But, yeah. That's great. Um, there's some other ones. I, I really actually for right now. You sent me like three in yeah, the chat, right? I think I can keep going if you want me to. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's this one actually is very appropriate for for right now where we're all um, working from home or learning to work from home. Um, this one is called Remote by uh, David Hanemeyer Hansen and Jason Freed. This is a really good read, and it's pretty office short. not required. Yeah, remote not office yeah. not required. Um, this came out, I want to say, like in the late 2010s or so, and um, it was kind of a newer concept to push people to remote working, working from home, and all that. People and probably thought they. Yeah, I think that it was just like a lot of things were um what do you call it? A lot of a lot of the pushback on this was that, you know, oh, you're not going to know if people are working and you know, how are you supposed to yes. monitor things when they're not in front of you and blah blah blah. And this one just sort of like turns it on its head and answers all those questions and um even if you are like not a uh, a company owner, I feel like there's a lot of takeaways that you could probably try to implement into your company or at least kind of ease into it with your company. Well, right now we're all doing it, but you know, let's say when we go back yeah. to normal, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it, it, let me think some of the takeaways were like, they talk about, um, they surveyed people and they were like, what, um, when do you get most of your work done? Like, when do you get like your best work done? And then the people would come back and they would be like, well, you know, if I get there really early and there's no one there, I like jam through a bunch of work. Or if I'm late and there's yeah, no, no one there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always when there's no one there. Uh, and they kind of highlighted that how the modern <laughs> office is like a series of interruptions and how we don't right. allow ourselves to um, shut ourselves off from interruptions. Like, you know, we have Slack open, we have chat open, we have email that we check nonstop as soon as we get pinged. And then, you know, you're not actually open floor plans. Yeah. Open floor plans. My friend works at one of those and she was, she was like, Oh my God, I have so many stories about like, it feels like you're, you can, it doesn't quite feel like you're ever really fully working and alone, you know, unless you have to like go off and like pretend like you're going to go take a call and then go work on something. I was like, yeah, that sucks. I was like, that's terrible. Like, and I actually, when I read this book, I was working in a, in an office, uh, in Throwboy. Throwboy had a standard office in like a co-working space. And, um, and that's when I realized I was like, I quit a nine to five and then I created a nine to five. (laughs) And I was like, why did I do that? Yeah. You know, so that book really shook me up and I was like, self-inflicted. Yeah. I was like, um, I told my, my, my staff at the time, I was like, yeah, we're going to start working from home, um, for the most part, because all of this stuff, it doesn't need to be like, we don't need to be right across from each other to get, you know, our best work done. And it actually does highlight who is working, like who is actually working efficiently because they can't hide behind like, well, I'm here, so I must be working, you know, like their output is going to show it. So yes, it's it's a very cool. Yeah, hundred percent, a really good point. I actually wrote a blog post. I feel like it was on probably LinkedIn, maybe a few weeks ago, like right at the beginning of all of the virus stuff, Mm -hmm. and it was about like 
the modern office is dead or dying or whatever. And they were like highlighting the fact that the office was created because people didn't have access to the technology. They had to go to the office to have their internet access or to plug into VPN or different things uh, like that. Yeah. And like those things, just those barriers don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And so why are we still trying to pretend that they do? Yeah. And, um, and I mean, now here we are, right? Like, everyone is working from home and all of a sudden like we're just we're forced to be okay with it yeah so all of these fake rules and fake like boundaries that we've put on what a work day looks like kind of just don't exist anymore and we can't really after this we can't really pretend that they still do yeah so um that's really interesting i'm gonna have to check this book out i'm sure that a lot of people like you said for many reasons during this particular time, mm-hmm. we'll probably find it an interesting read. Yeah, um, I, I love that yeah, book. Yeah, maybe find some skills. I might have to reread it because it's been a little bit of time. But then again, yeah. I think I've kind of – sometimes I'll reread this and I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been doing that for a long time. <laughs> that's where I got this from. I totally forgot. Sure. <laughs> um, well, that's always interesting too. And then you could pull quotes for, you know – that's true. Your content stuff. Yeah. No, yeah, you should you should check it out. Um it's on everywhere. It's called Remote. Um I have all the time to read right now. All of it. <laughs> and then I have one more if you want if you want another one. Yeah, I want to I want to know about it because the title, I know the title. Okay. I've never read it, but I know the title. Yeah. Um so this book is called You Are a Badass at Making Money: Master the Mindset of Wealth by Jen Sincero. And so many people have probably seen the You Are a Badass books in the bookstore. It's like a yellow book with black writing. Um, There's like calendars. It's a whole thing. Somebody recommended this book to me. Um, I think it was right after my one of my Kickstarters. This book is a very, I, I feel like this book changed my life because it very much like changed my mindset around money and money making it kind of some of the things that it talks about are decriminalizing wanting to make a lot of money and want and mm-hmm. decriminalizing money in general which i think for people like us a like lot of creative people, struggle people with that. yeah exactly like creative people especially especially like people that pride themselves in making things and you know they think it's there's a it's mutually exclusive to either like be happy and have your friends and family and experiences or have money, you know, like those are two things you can have. And one is, one is gross and dirty and only, you know, gross people have lots of money and whatever. And I want to be like the other, whatever. And I'm like, that never, I I don't know. Money's never been like a big reason for, to motivate me, but it definitely is not something that I feel like after reading that book, I was like, well, you know, so many great things can be had with money. And and imagine if all your awesome friends were suddenly wealthy, what kind of awesome things would they do for this world? You know? Yes. So like that, that, refocusing on the good things that people can do and make and create more. Exactly. That's what it does. And it really kind of reframes your mindset to be like, you know, you can manifest these things in your life. The more you, the things that you focus on, you create more of, um, and it's really more like a, it's a little woo woo, but it's more mental than it is like, here's my five investment tips or whatever. You know, it's not about that at all. It's way more just yeah. opening up your mind to be able to allow yourself permission to be able to make uh, tons and tons and tons of money because money gives you freedom and options is what it says in the book. 
And when I, all of that really resonated me, resonated with me. And like, I, I listened to it on audiobook um, and the author reads it and she really gets you kind of like pumped up. But then like, I think I was like, I was in the car when it was right about to end. And she, and she said something the very, very end. I was like, oh my God, I almost just like started crying. Cause you just like went Aww. like to the bone. I was like, you are meant to be rich or something like that. And I was just like, oh shit, yeah. you know? So after you'd gone on this whole emotional journey already and then right. <laughs> just like hits it home. Yeah. yeah. It was, it's a really good one. I recommend it all the time. Um, and I think it just, it learned, it, it teaches you how to, what do you call it? Like I'm trying to think of the right words, like not, not be saying the wrong, um, the wrong things about money. Like, it's something that we focus on. So yeah, it's kind much. of like positive affirmations. Yeah, and like it's stuff like you attract that. what you put out. Exactly. Yeah, and it, it makes you not. It makes you realize how many they call it like high vibe or low vibe. They're like how many low vibe oh, people yeah. that you're that you might surround yourself with. That you know, if you were to write down all of the times that they complain about money throughout the day. You know, it could be like, like, oh yeah, every single day this friend complains about money or complains about how much. Uh, something costs and they're like if you could put your energy in like she was talking she used to be broke so she was like I was broke until I was like 40 and then I started getting serious about actually making money and made it a decision that I was going to change my life and yeah yeah I I mean I don't know I feel like I'm rambling but I could go on about this book definitely a big a, a really top top 10 read for me for sure yeah that sounds really impactful I the the phrase that popped into my head as soon as you started talking about the book was you know my mom always used to say like it can't hurt to ask right because the worst someone can tell you is no Mm. and so like I made that my life philosophy and sort of the other half of that which sounds like this book kind of gets into is like the why not you and like just give people the option to support you because a lot of people are just looking for a way to help or support mm-hmm. or they want to give you money, but you just have to give them the option in the way. <laughs> I tell that um, to people when they do things like Patreon, like you've done, you know? Yeah. People mm-hmm. have that complex about that. I'm like, well, you're not giving them a way to, to, you know, support you. So like, you're never going to know if they're going to do it, you know? Yeah. Totally. That's really cool. All right. I need to listen to that too. Cause I'm just all about the positive vibes Yeah, in the world right now. It is very much about vibes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I am totally cool with vibes. That's good. <laughs> so hopefully that resonates with other people Yeah, too. Yeah. Well, my measly list, um, We'll hopefully have grown to five soon after I read all the books you recommended. <laughs> but one of the books, I don't know if you've read this one, but it is called Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull. I have um, read that. Ed, you have? Yeah. I, I figured you probably would have. And it's not really, I guess, a business book because, but it kind of is. Like the first, they they say they market it as the story of Pixar, yeah. which I think the first maybe quarter to third of the book is the story of Pixar. But then I feel like after that, it becomes how to foster creative culture. Oh, okay. Um, and, and I don't know if I, I haven't read it in a minute, so maybe I'm remembering that wrong, or I don't know if you've read it recently, but that's the part that I feel like towards the end, he really starts talking about like 
how at Pixar they do their meetings and he has his one-on-ones and how everyone is kind of on the same creative tier and just really about fostering that creative culture. I mean, I read it because I was, I wanted to know more from somebody else's perspective, Mm -hmm. the like Steve Jobs influence. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. So (laughs) like I kind of took the Apple angle in plus being like a Disney Pixar fan. There was that too, but um, yeah, I feel like toward the end it turned into more of a kind of a business book. I can't imagine being a CEO or like a leader of or in a company which is all creatives um especially pixar Pixar was so like not just creative people but like sciencey people mixed together oh my gosh right and tech people Mm -hmm. and like yeah this conglomerate of all these incredible incredible people so i i think that one i mean it was just really inspirational to me i have listened to the audiobook because he narrates it i've read it and then I've also bought that book for people. I'm like, if you need a punch of creative inspiration, you need to listen to this book. Um, Actually, so I, that, I, I haven't read that one. I, I got it confused with a different one. Um, there's, oh, okay. There's one called To Pixar and Beyond. Um, Ooh, I haven't read this one, but I have seen the cover, I think. Yeah, it's like it looks like the uh, Toy Story wallpaper. Um, it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, wallpaper. Um, mm mm-hmm. To Pixar and Beyond by Lawrence Levy, um, and it's my unlikely journey with Steve Jobs to make entertainment history. He was like the um, the business guy that Pixar um, came in, that Pixar hired to come in and sort of like turn them into a, an actual profitable business um, because yeah. they were making like you know short films and they were making like commercials and they were doing all sorts of stuff with yeah not making any money with their technology trying to sell their technology as like a box and um you know because they were oh yeah they were like creating everything they were making their own hardware they were making their own software to make their own Mm -hmm. stuff and um steve jobs was just like endlessly funding it and yeah uh, right which is so wild yeah that he it was just like steve jobs place at the right time (laughs) But like he, it's interesting because and Lawrence talks about how um, he basically assessed all their finances and was just like, okay, so we found that the only successful studio that's ever made animation into an uh, a, like an actual profitable business has been Disney, the one and only one sure. that's ever done it, and <laughs> they couldn't actually do that without having also done um things like theme parks and live action uh stuff as well so like 100 percent, they were like the only thing that we have on the table that can make us a profitable business is if we just become a a movie studio that actually creates like hit after hit after hit and then we'll actually start making money and it was just like no pressure yeah it was just like okay we only (laughs) thing we can do is aim for the fences and uh and i mean they freaking did it which is it's just a really interesting story like how this guy um went in restructured this company and it was all like just everyone was learning how to do it but then on the very i think that's the last chapter he talks about how he I guess because now he has like complete financial freedom, he like went on this like spiritual journey and now he just like helps Whoa. people and stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is like really interesting to hear like what happens when you free yourselves from the constraints of like, oh, how do I pay for my house or whatever? It's like, oh, all that's done now. So now what can I do with my yes. life? Yes. Uh it's cool. You oh, should check I it love out. That. I definitely will. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. 
I was actually telling someone the other day something really similar. I was like, listen, I just want to be independently wealthy, buy all my friends' houses, mm-hmm. and just make stuff, like, and help other people make stuff. So, yeah, um, exactly I totally like align with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read it. I love it. Okay, so you haven't read Creativity Inc., so you should read that one, too. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting. And I, I don't know, like, anything, the Venn diagram of, like, Disney, Pixar, Apple that overlaps like probably my biggest biggest fandoms in the world so anything I can get an angle into like someone else who's worked with Steve Jobs or someone who knew Walt Disney or oh yeah I just want to read it all so I'll I'll recommend more afterwards then because I I okay Okay. the different ones that are not (laughs) well known (laughs) the books about him yeah I honestly I haven't I think um I actually didn't even read that uh, was it the autobiography or the, that he had someone ghostwrite? Yeah. Like I did not read that one. I didn't watch the show on purpose because they made it. In, they made a show about him too, didn't they? Um, they made a feel like. movie. A movie? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't that. watch that one on purpose because I. I, I didn't either. I, and it, it's well, on Netflix yeah. now. I still haven't watched. I'm like, mm, <laughs> maybe yeah, I'll watch I'm it. Just a little, I'm just a little jumpy about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a little hesitant. Yeah. yeah. Call it the Kool-Aid or call it what you will. But Same. Um, yeah. I actually was just talking to my sister the other day about, uh, we were talking about uh, Bill Gates and kind of all of his like, <laughs> he's just a very much done, a, I mean, he's done a lot of work with health and disease and with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and just healthcare. And he's got like so many talks that are making the rounds again from years and years ago where he's like, we're not prepared for a pandemic and we need to get our infrastructure anywhere it needs to be. And um, so now, of course, they're all going around. Um, But I was like, you know, I bet you if Steve Jobs was still alive, they would be like two grumpy old men who are kind of friends, but <laughs> would like do stuff together, you know, like, I don't know. I, would I think that. they're both the kind of people that would just believe that competition is what breeds excellence and mm-hmm. new ideas. And I don't know, I could just, people would always come into the Apple store. You probably got this too. And they'd be like, Oh, why do you sell office? It's a Microsoft product. <laughs> and you're like, listen, man, <laughs> they're third party partners. And listen, I believe they would have a tea party if they were still like i love that i love hearing that like idea yeah like what if (laughs) you're probably right you're probably right i feel like they've also they've come uh at least bill has calmed down a lot you know over the last yeah a few decades so for sure so maybe the same would be with steve so yeah (laughs) i don't know it's just funny to think about Okay, the other book that's on my like actual business I have read it list was called Don't Keep Your Day Job by Kathy Heller. Oh, okay. There is a podcast with the same name. It is interesting in the sense that I think it's very good for people who are maybe just starting out, who are in that slump of like, I want to be doing something else. I kind of know what that thing is that I want to be doing, but I don't know how to put it into words. I don't know how to start. I don't even know how to like give myself the permission for it to be okay for me to do that thing instead of working my day job. Gotcha. Um, And so I think for that, it was really good. She narrated it and I still haven't done a review on it because I just, it would be a bad review and I don't like doing bad reviews. (laughs) She sounded like a robot. So I would say like, maybe don't, she sounded like she was reading, Mm -hmm. uh, 
which just was, it didn't come across as super genuine. Um, and I listened to the podcast a couple episodes because I was like, this cannot be how this lady talks. <laughs> so I downloaded a couple episodes of the podcast and sure enough, like in the podcast, she sounds like she's having a conversation. She sounds like she like knows her source material. And I genuinely believe that she does, but it was just really hard to listen to. So <laughs> maybe read it and don't listen to it. Um, but yeah, she had, just has a lot of like, friends in the entrepreneurial sphere that she has on and like has them tell their story similar to yours, right? Like I started this eight years ago. Like what you see now is the culmination of a lot of work and I made so many mistakes and, but I just started and that's kind of the common theme. So I think pretty good for people who maybe need to give themselves permission. But for me, I just couldn't get over the, I couldn't get over past the audiobook part. That was the really hard part. I've been there too, where, um, where you're just like, oh man, like it's, this is the, this is the narrator. It'd be cool. Like in the future, you just skip it like Siri, like you just change it, change it to something like, oh, yeah. pleasing to you. Well, maybe Siri and Alexa should just start narrating no, audiobooks. They're going to take all the work away from the actors or or people that have good voices. (laughs) All the voice actors. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, But podcasts, I kind of consider a book is The Fizzle Show. I don't know if you've ever listened to them. mm -mm. Um, I am with you in the sense that I feel very much like turned off by people who I think are just trying to get a buck out of me or like, Maybe, uh, I don't know. I don't really resonate with Gary Vaynerchuk for this reason. Yeah. I, he's just so formulaic about everything. And yeah. he's like, nope, there's a formula and you just do this. And then you have 700 pieces of content and then you just take <laughs> everyone's money. And yep. that's just not <laughs> super my vibe. And this show, their whole thing is like build a life that you love or like build a life doing what you love or how to live. I don't know. Something along those lines. Um, and they, they're like, that could look like having a nine to five and doing your thing. That mm-hmm. could look like doing your thing full time. That could look like doing three things on the side. That could look like being a stay at home mom and running your business from, you know, 3am to 6am before the kids wake up. And so I really resonate with their stories and kind of the way they talk about business because they don't look down on anyone. They just want to help like everyone kind of succeed. And so, yeah, there's there's no right or wrong way to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that. And I resonated with it for that reason because, you know, there I don't know, formula, that's gross. No. Yeah. And there's so much, there's know. so many nuances to everybody's, you know, journey of what they're doing as an entrepreneur. Like, you're, you're right. Maybe somebody doesn't want to make it like their entire life. Maybe they don't want to, you know, be um the face of their brand you know like there's so many ways that right. you can run it and and it, luckily there are a lot of different you know books or podcasts or whatever that we could um gravitate towards so like yeah if, if somebody's not right for you it's just like oh but i like the way they do it because you know all this stuff can be exactly. googled like all this stuff can be found on youtube yeah. but like maybe you'll stumble onto somebody that really um clicks with you and you're going to be like oh well i want them to teach me because that it's just like the, I don't know, the late night talk show hosts. They're all kind of the same thing, but I, I like yeah. O'Brien, you know? <laughs> like, so yes. I think that that's kind of like what I've noticed, especially, uh, or like tech videos. Like everyone's reviewing the same thing, but I like, you know, Justine or something like that. So I yes. think that's like, I think that's a good sort of uh, comparison is like, 
find the one that works for you and um, just keep it moving, you know? Keep it moving. Yeah, no, I, I was listening uh, when you were talking earlier about kind of becoming the face of Throwboy. I can't remember if that was pre-call or on-call. Maybe both. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's sort of that same idea of like, maybe people are attracted to the brand in some ways because of the product. Maybe it's partially because of you. Yeah. Um, you kind of are the brand to some folks and, and yeah, you're totally right. Like my flavor might not be right for you, but it's right for someone. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of matters. And one thing I, I, I learned from, um, some of my coaches, one of them that I just hired not that long ago, I had, one of my questions was like, well, you know, sometimes I want to, I'll post something on my, my own Instagram. And I'm like, and it's not the throwboy Instagram. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know, like, uh, if this looks right. And she was just like, you know what, you need to think about it. It's not about you. It's about somebody else needs mm. to hear this. You know, you might be reaching yeah. somebody that needs to hear this right now. It's not about you. You know, it's not about how you feel about, you know, oh, is my, uh, ex-roommate gonna see this post and think I'm lame you know it's just like it's not about that yeah. it's about this other person that you're gonna reach that's going to click and that it's going to click with them and then they're going to go oh yeah that that's something I needed to hear today or oh I didn't realize I could do that that way and I think the more you just keep that in mind the more freeing it is so that you're not thinking about it in a self-conscious type of a way you know what I mean? Yeah. And in a way that um, keeps you from just doing the thing. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, just put it out there. Yeah. Like maybe you already know the source material. Of course you do, but someone doesn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Everything yeah. is like, could be somebody's like first time hearing it. So yeah, don't assume. Or everyone. even sometimes hearing things in a different way, you yeah. know, like I don't know. Like I watched the Taylor Swift documentary recently, which is super good. I don't know if you've watched it yet, but uh, I think it was excellent. And she said something in there and I was like, oh my God, I'm taking this to therapy with me next week because that resonated with me in a way that like, I, it just put a mirror in front of my face and that was so weird, but yeah. like, you just never know what that's going to be for someone. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, yeah, if you totally. can, if something can reach you and it didn't, you know, it wasn't, I don't know, it could be, it could be for a lot of people. Right. But it could be just like, it just is a breakthrough for, for yourself. Yeah. I love also that. that. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay, well, as we kind of wind down here, because I've been talking your ear off, um, <laughs> you've had like, look at how long it's been. I didn't even realize the time has just kind of flown by. Yeah, I know. Um, what are you reading right now? Could be business related, could be fiction, could be anything. What uh, What are you reading? Let's see. So I have been reading um, a book of short stories by Franz Kafka. Um, mm. which is a very non me thing because I read a lot of nonfiction, um, almost yep. exclusively. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I've, I've never really been into fiction and I, I kind of like it when I hear about people telling me about, you know, what they're reading, but I went on a short trip right before we all were not allowed to go anywhere. Um, uh -huh. and I, I went to, uh, New Orleans and it was a nice trip. I, I have a really, really old friend there. And he, when I got to his place, he had like a huge library of books. He had like a huge oh. library of records and a record player. Dream. And I just, uh, I turned off my phone for like two days, I think. And what? then I just read books and listened to records. <laughs> 
and it was that like, sounds amazing. yeah, it was like the nicest time. And I just like went for walks and stuff. And it just really kind of helped me reconnect with like, oh, I don't really need to um, be available 24 seven. That's not a thing, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, uh-huh, I feel uh-huh. like we had it right in like the nineties where you had to go up to your desktop computer, turn it on, then you did your work time, then you turned it off and then you went and did what you wanted to do. You also were, had to make connect to dial up. Like there connect, was a process yeah, there. There was this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. To, wait for five minutes, make your coffee while your email exactly, downloads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's like the the life that I'm gonna start to uh work on figuring out. But um when I was there, I um grabbed one of his books and it was this Kafka book. And so I've been reading The Metamorphosis is the story. Um Okay. Which you can get on Amazon as like its own book, but um, when I when I left the trip, I le- I, I obviously um, did not take the book, and then I went to one of my local bookstore, a uh, used bookstores, and I found it, but it also had a bunch of other short stories in it. Um, oh, that's really cool. But yeah, I've been reading that like every day, um, almost every day before I go to bed, and um, it's a very interesting story. Do you know what it's about? I don't. I've actually never read any Kafka, and ironically, I'm on my like annual rewatch of Gilmore Girls. Um, Rory <laughs> really likes Kafka, oh, really? so I just was in an episode where she was talking about that with uh, someone. She bought it as a gift for someone. Oh, see, now you might know more about you. <laughs> yeah, but I know nothing about the book. I actually don't. I just know that <laughs> it comes up in Gilmore Girls. <laughs> well, I'll give you the, the the brief thing. Basically, the metamorphosis yeah. is about this guy who um, wakes up and he one day he wakes up and he's a, a huge beetle, and it's like he his whole body is changed into this giant beetle, uh, and he can't talk anymore. And it's like how people treat him and how his life abruptly changes and like months and months go by of how he has to navigate the world as a giant beetle it's very very interesting and it really kind of it's a little bit somber but it's also just like oh wow they're really treating this like it's a real thing that could you know that happened to this person and how his family treats him differently and how you know the world treats him differently just because of he's changed you know and it's cool. It's a really interesting book. I remember hearing about it. And then when I was at my friend's place, I like was browsing. I was like, oh, cool. He has that book. I should read it. Um, I didn't realize it was a sh- quote unquote short story. Um, it's pretty long, though. It's not really like, you know, a short, short story. It has chapters and stuff. But then again, I'm not really I this is literally like one of the few fiction books I've read. Uh, so <laughs> I probably sound dumb just being like, oh, it's not that long. No, um, no. But, I mean, like how many pages is it? What did you say? I don't know. Because it's in a it's bigger 100? book. No, it's in a bigger book though. That's the thing. So I'd have to like actually oh, count yeah, them. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. it's good. I would recommend <laughs> it. Uh, and yeah, if you <laughs> you said that you like the Gilmore, Gilmore Girls, maybe she like dropped something in there and you didn't realize it was from that book. I know, maybe, maybe I, I should probably read it. There's like, there's lots of classics that I've never read. Yeah. Um, an author friend of mine that I, well, that I follow, uh, this one is not a friend. I don't know why I said that because everyone on Instagram feels like our <laughs> friends. I'm following her right now and she's like, you know, with this quarantine, now is the time to tackle war and peace. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa, no, I'm never going to read War and Peace ever. I admire you. I'm never going to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. But but there's other that. books like Kafka or like, you know, I mean, I've never even, I've never actually gotten through Jane Eyre, like different things like that. Mm-hmm. But I could probably go back and read now. 
Like, yeah, it kind of made so me want to read these things. old ones too, like um, Little Women or something like that. Just be like, oh, oh I love Little Women. Yeah, I never yeah. Read it. and yeah. Joe's story continues. <sighs> well, that's a movie, so, well, a new movie, I should say. It's been adapted like a bunch, right? It has, yeah. Uh, the newest one was my personal favorite. Oh, okay, one. you liked it. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it was really. It kind of it kind of captured all the nuance of living in the time and all the different characters. I think in a in a really good way. I cried so many times. <laughs> I'm a crier. I cry all the time. Like what? happy, sad. Are you a Cancer? I'm a Sagittarius, but my I have a Scorpio moon. Okay. And my my Scorpio moon. That's the emotional definitely. sign. <laughs> yeah, it's like the the inner your inner relationship with yourself. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. 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 I'm a Cancer, so I was just like, oh, I wonder if she is too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I get along with everyone, though, I think. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. I don't know. I have like, a lot of Capricorn in my chart, too. I don't know if you've ever done your, like, birth chart. Oh, I haven't. Um, but, okay. I like, I yeah. like that stuff. I, I just I haven't – I think it, up until recently, I've been more like <laughs> – the Cancer one is really funny because it's just, like, it, it, it will describe you as, like, really, really emotional. And then the thing yeah. is the Cancer uh, – cancers will like complain about that and it's like yeah it's because your feelings were hurt by saying that you were emotional so it's like this like cycle. Oh. uh but like i think it i think now i'm sort of embracing it i'm just like yeah like it's okay to be like that's how i that's i guess i wear my you know feelings on my sleeve what what can i do you know like it it's it fits like if the shoe fits um, but it definitely yeah. is like, how do you like, it doesn't mean you're like irrational about stuff. You know what I mean? Like, no, so no, no, no. I, uh, yeah. I definitely think that like those things seem to click for me. Um, like which signs say that they're compatible with which signs, like sometimes I'll go back and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I was going out with all the people that they said that I fit with <laughs> and I didn't realize it. So there, I feel yeah, like there's more that- weight to it than I, than I gave it credit for. Yeah. Well, I've in the past few years, I don't know, maybe call it searching for meaning in the world or something, but mm. I don't know. There's all these things that are just tools and we can choose to just use them to help us interpret our environments or like, you know, oh, that's interesting information or like mm-hmm. good information that now I can internalize and decide what you like people I think get jumpy about horoscopes because they're like oh you're just looking at this to tell you how to live your life and it's like no it's it's like a hint it's like maybe think about this today and then you do and it's you know whatever but there's actually I'll I'll, do we get off the call I'll send you an app it's called CoStar oh yeah like go in there do you have it I don't have it um because it does your whole chart yeah, I had it for like a minute, and I, I used the. Uh, I'll get it again. What's the other one called? I don't know your uh, there's one called uh, Sanctuary. Sanctuary. That's the one I use. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one. Yeah, I yeah, use yeah. that one. Um, but okay. I'll get on Coaster. I remember it. I was like, oh, this seems like a lot of stuff I have to answer or something. I don't remember. It's probably yeah, it's like your birth minimal. time and your birth place. Oh, see, I don't know that. I like. Oh no. Mine is my. Somebody was just asking me this question. They're like, "Oh, like I'm really into the uh, into astrology and like hippie stuff. When was what was your birth time?" 
And I was like, I don't know. And they're like, well, ask your mom. I was like, well, my mom passed away. And they're like, well, ask your dad or something. And I was like, okay, but he's not going to know, like, for sure. <laughs> like, that's no. like my dad. No. And so I asked. It'll be like a guess. <laughs> yeah, it was a guess. He's just like, oh, it was roughly <laughs> around this time. They're like, thanks, that doesn't help. <laughs> I was like, what do you want from me? <laughs> I know. I mean, that, yeah, they probably wanted to do your chart because in order to do your chart, like, the time of where the planets were and the stars were in the sky, like all matters. Maybe but, I need to like um, dig out my birth certificate. Yeah, your birth certificate. <laughs> if you really want to go into it. Otherwise, just you know what? Maybe it's not for you. Maybe not. <laughs> I'm actually working on a giant blog post right now um, with book recommendations for every zodiac sign. Mm, um, that's cool. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. yeah. So I'll have to send you the cancer ones in. They are both fiction books, though. That's okay. So I'm supposed to be. No, one of them's really short. That's okay. I need to broaden my <laughs> my stuff, especially after I took that trip where I was literally just like doing surrounded by books. Yeah, just being like super leisurely and like reconnecting with not being online all the time. Uh, I was like, oh, you know, I should start reading non like how to books. So please send me that link when you okay. have it up. I will. I will for sure. Um, okay, so that's what you're reading now. Mm-hmm. Um, but and you kind of tease this at the beginning, but you have like a lot of other projects that you're kind of getting off the ground right now. So as kind of an end cap, how should people find you? And, you know, what other projects should people expect from you in the future? Sure. So you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is Mr. Mr. Roberto Oyos, R-O-B-E-R-T-O-H-O-Y-O-S. And there I post mainly sort of business tips and I do IGTVs about things like Kickstarter tips and product making things like product product making advice and stuff like that. Yeah. That's mainly where I've been posting, but I'm about to launch a new website that will be out by the time this is out. It's going to be called Shotgun CEO, shotgunceo.com. Um, and cool. that's going to be the place where you can see all of my uh, courses, where you can uh, get my coaching packages, where you can uh, contact me. That's where my podcast, the Shotgun CEO podcast is going to be. And I'm about to launch that tonight. That's going to be wow. all. Yeah, I'm like, I'm really excited to actually like get it going. Yeah, that's going to be that's so great. It's going to be um, business, business tips, but mainly kind of like from a perspective of somebody that's done a lot of product making and yeah. kind of what I said in the beginning, like more um, motivational things get you pumped to like start working on that thing that you've wanted to work on. Sure. And like your speaking engagements and oh. different things like that too. Oh, right. And yeah. And my, um, my website also has where you can book me for speaking engagements so everything regarding my sort of non-throwboy stuff is right there, shotgunceo.com. Um, cool. So I'm excited. And we're I'm like excited living in the past right now. I know, right? Maybe yeah. It's like one click away, but uh, ah! you can get it. Isn't that the most exciting right feeling? Now. Yeah. I Well, see, and it's, it's actually spurred me to get it going quicker because of the um, self-quarantine. I was like, all right, I'm just going to work on this. (laughs) That's all I'm going to do. Totally. Just bust this out. And uh, my first podcast episode will be on Apple Podcasts right now. um, And it's all about just starting. Like, just get it started. Course correct as you go. And, um, you know, if you have that project that you've been sort of kicking around, just make it. 
Um, and yeah, it's funny because when I made that first episode, um, I didn't even have a name for my podcast yet. So I was like, this is really meta. I don't even have a name for the, for the show yet, but I'm Oh my just gosh, doing I it. love it. Um, so yeah, go to shotgunceo.com and you can follow it on Instagram, but I don't have anything on there yet, but maybe I should. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, you might by the time this episode comes out. Yeah, that'll be my new, my next thing that I have to <laughs> make sure I do. <laughs> One thing at a time. Like you said, just start, right? Just start. Perfectionism is a myth. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Take this from the weird homeschool kid who used to scan her coloring books <laughs> so that she didn't mess them up. Oh, wow. <laughs> Life is messy. Just start. Just start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That was such a strange child. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, Roberto, thank you so much for being on my podcast. This has been great talking to you, hearing about what you've been reading, about all your cool projects and successes. It's just been really awesome. So I'll make sure all of this is down in the show notes so everyone can find you and click. And I hope that they do. And I just am so excited to follow this new exciting trajectory of your awesomeness, honestly. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. I, I can't wait to hear more. And um, we have to actually get together before <laughs> the next, well, when we're allowed to see people again, right? I know, right? <laughs> before the next six years passes. Exactly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.